0: Is Money Line on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5? Yeah, we made it. you just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. 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 Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action.
1: Hello, world! Welcome into Moneyline. It's NFL Sunday, and that's why we're on. That's why you're here in these. I guess let's call it gambling angels, right? That's what we want to be. We want to be on the right side this Sunday, and that's what we're going to try to accomplish here on Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 97.5, which is where you can find them. Josh Jordan,
2: what's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, man!
1: Hey, I'm I'm hopefully right because uh, that's what we try to do here is have a happy Sundays and. Unfortunately, that revolves around wins and losses. So we're going to try to get you on the right side of things. We're going to try to get it cooking. 713 780 at Moneyline975, which is where you can find us on Twitter. Another week for you fantasy guys closer to your fantasy playoffs. I was asking Josh when his fantasy playoffs start. I believe in, it's about three weeks, right? Week 14, some people. 13, yeah. depending on how many people are in your league and how many people make the playoffs. But it's go time. This is it. It's it's an uh, eliminator pools. It's been easy all week, all year long, but you're getting into a point to where there's going to be a lot of. I was looking for the survivor pools uh, next week. It's make it or break it time. There's no uh, there's no gimmies. The last gimme of the year is this year with the uh, ch- or this week with the Chargers and the Jets. Because other than that, next week it's up for grabs though. So again, 713-780-3776, at moneyline 975 which is where you can find us on Twitter and then the man behind the glass, Aaron. From the Blitz, Aaron, at Aaron is Blitzed. What's going on, my man? What's up, guys? It's a Sunday. Sunday. Hey, happy for you especially. Go ahead and let the people know because now I'm I'm interested in what you've got going on with our friends at MyBookie.
3: So uh, we've talked about this briefly on the Blitz, but uh, MyBookie has these super contests. They do the full year. They do like a half season for the NFL. A couple weeks ago, they sent me an email and said, you know what? Here's a free entry into a four-week $10,000 super contest. Now, like, the full season, I think top 16 gets paid out. This one, number one, you get $10,000. Come in second place, you're the winner of all the losers. You get nothing. So I said, you know what? Little uh, little super contest for four weeks. I could, I could try to pick winners for four weeks. I'll probably do nothing, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Week one, go four and one. Week two, go four and one. Week three, three and two took a little bit of a hit, but of the, like, 5,000 entries... I currently send at one sixty eight, and I've got one week to where if we pick these and knock them out of the park, I come in first with that ten G's. Oh, we're gonna have a party! Nice.
1: Well, you heard it here, moneyliner seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If we can help Aaron get to five and zero, I don't want to be that guy that makes him go zero and five. You know, or, or or he goes four and one, and the five and zero would have got him to win, and I'm the one loser. That's just. That's usually the story here, and then that's what uh, Aaron going to remember me for. So if you have any kind of advice, 713 we're going to have some fun. If you have anything to, uh, I guess, boast about, if you had a, a bad beat or something good from yesterday, the phone lines are open just for that. Now, today on the agenda, on the gambling plate from the fantasy aspect, a little bit of gambling, what do you think about, I guess, the Patriots coming into town?
2: Man, I'm, I got my money on the Patriots minus two. I just, it's the coaching, right? All this week, we've been listening to the Texans coaches and, you know, all their audio clips. And they just don't sound like they really know what they're doing. And they're going against Belichick, you know? So, that that concerns me. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm going with the Patriots. They've been bad on the road. Texans have been bad at home. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Texans won. But I just, the Patriots still have something to play for. So I'm leaning with New England here.
1: And that's why I say I guess we could say they're coming in town because someone's saying, well, what do you guess? They are coming in town, but these Patriots aren't the Patriots we're accustomed to, in other words. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Patriots team that you've seen the, the Jets move the ball on. They they had, uh, had to pull up a spectacular second half, you could say, the most, I guess, proficient second half. They've even had a half period this season. Um, I'm not sure – what we get out of those Patriots, but we are sure what the Texans are, and that's what is going to lead me to a bet here. We're going to break it down from every aspect, but just starters of starters right now, what is Tunzel? We're hearing that maybe a flu bug's going around, probably not going to play today. What What's? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? How much does that set the team back?
2: Quite a bit. I mean, they've struggled to protect when he's been there. So, And a guy like Belichick's going to know how to take advantage of that. The good news is the Patriots aren't typically a team that's, great at pass rush. You know, that's not really what they do. They kind of set the edge, and they do things a different way. But, I mean, that's a huge loss without Tunzel. He's one of your best players. So then if you
1: – we know that Bilicek is, is is famous for taking away your best option. What what would that entail as far as these Texans? What do you think he's looking at as far as game plan? Okay, this is their best option. This is what I'm trying to take away first. Or do you think it's going to be a different cohesive because they don't really have that one thing? Other than Don't get me wrong, Watson, but how do they treat it?
2: Well, remember when they've had success against Deshaun before, they took away the deep ball from Will Fuller. So I would expect to see some more of that today.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. If you think about it, that's what they do. Um, They limit the big play. They'll let you have some underneath stuff. Now, as far as the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots, we know they're going to run it. We know that they're going to have those long drives against the Jets. I was talking to Josh – and being an under better, it was perfect for me, but somehow there were still thirty points in that first half with the Jets because every every possession was pretty much a score or or there was a turnover or whatever the case, but there was only two possessions in the whole first quarter. You're sitting there thinking, man, I'm I'm in great shape for the under. And then all of a sudden it was just touchdown, touchdown, and, and it's like, wow, what am I doing here?
2: Yeah. No, things can change quickly, right? So I, I don't know. It's I think Deshaun will, you know, have a pretty good game. I expect that. I just worry that he might be hit a little bit more, and I just feel like it's the season's over for the Texans. They're, they're going to obviously try hard, but they're just not a very good football team, and, and they're not good at stopping the run. I think New England is just going to – they're going to have all four of their backs ready to go today, and they're going to get in a lot of work.
1: Working in the Houston Texans' favor is seven seven sacks the entire season for – um or seven things, I'm sorry, and uh, bottom seven in sacks for the Patriots, excuse me. Um, and also they don't create pressure. That's something that's going to hit them. Like think, think about it. Joe Flacco was throwing the ball down to Perryman. Yeah. I mean, they were looking. They were looking like. A, I mean, again, I was on the Patriots that day. and I'm thinking, what? What is this? This is embarrassing. Are they tanking for, on purpose? It became a tankathon at the end. Remember, one team just jumped off sides just because <laughs> to to give the other team a, a, a first down. At that point, it was like, what am I even betting on? Just like last night, I bet the under in that USC first half. There was four turnovers in the second quarter, just in the second quarter. You know, it's it's like I tell people: there's no matter how I cap that game, there's no way that I can predict any of that. There was a and, and the turnovers were fumble inside the five on a punt, next play touchdown, and then the next the, the team gets it back, scoop and fumble to the house, fourteen points in a minute. You know, it's like uh, I'm
2: sorry, that stuff happens sometimes, and you know we get asked a lot of questions about these running back tandems, and one of them is New England, right? Is it going to be a Rex Burkhead game or you know, is it going to be a Harris game? Or is, you know, James White going to get going again? Sony Michelle supposed to come back. We, we don't talk to Bill Belichick. You know, we don't know how he's going to decide to use these guys. So, especially with these running back by committee, at Naeem Hines again, the Colts, when everybody was back on Jonathan Taylor, and then, nope, it's a Naeem Hines game. We, we, we don't have a feel for who these coaches are going to use. So, they, they don't tell anybody. So, you know, know that going in, that it's a risky start.
1: And risky, like Burkhead, for example. Four yeah. touchdowns in the last two games, but minimal touches.
2: Yeah, he's been playing well and getting touches, but it might be the game where Sonny Michel comes back this week and he gets five touches. And
1: that's the thing. How much does Sonny Michel get? Because that's that was the guy. That yeah. That's the guy they drafted, and he's had problems ever since he was drafted in his knees. But you see Damian Harris, he's had 100-plus yards in three of his six appearances. So he can get it.
2: Yeah, he's probably the guy you'd like to start the most out of that group, right? I feel like he's probably most likely to get you a touchdown.
1: And then Burkhead has surpassed, it seems, White as for that number two spot. Yeah. But you already know how this goes. I I I like to tie White a lot to Brady, though, to be honest with you. You yeah. know what I mean? To me, it seems like that's who, who used him in big spots.
2: No, that's that's for sure. I, I, I don't know if Cam checks down nearly as much as Brady does. Usually the guys that can run a little bit don't throw their running backs as much.
1: How about from a points perspective? Do you see this uh, high scoring, low scoring? I mean, it just, like I said, to me, with what we have, no pressure being able to to be created by the Patriots. I figure that Watson be able to get him some at some point or another. It might not come off the deep ball, though, how we talked. So it might be extended drives. It might take some time off the clock. Same thing with the Patriots. But what if they're having – Six yards of carry, five and a half yards of carry, and then all of a sudden they hit him with a little play action, and it, and it could add up quick. So it, I think it's pretty much right where it should be.
2: Yeah, and, and you worry. We saw the Texans. The run defense held up for a long time against the Browns, but finally in the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb broke off that long run. They won the game. Texans have been doing that lately they they kind of do decent against the run but then they get worn down in the third and fourth quarter and then that's when the guys they really start to make hay on that Texans defense so I wonder if it might be like that today like they look okay in the first half but as the game goes on the Patriots really start running it down their throats
1: let's have a moment of silence for the that Browns game and the run out of bounds for <laughs> Brown's betters backers that didn't end up covering um that it's a tough. It's that it's tough because some people say, "Man, there's different instances." I mean, I understand analytics, but sometimes it's like get it in there. What what do you think about that? well I mean,
2: it, as a fantasy owner, I was just happy because we recommended Nick Chubb, but we also said to start Kareem Hunt. And they both yeah. had good games, and that would have been a second touchdown for Nick Chubb. So at least he got you a hundred yards and a touchdown for the game. But of course, you want as many points as you can get. But yeah. It, it messed with the line at the end, and it, it made it like a ten point game. So he could have just probably scored, and it wouldn't have mattered. That's you know the what thing. I mean? If it's different, if it makes yeah. like a
1: seven or eight within one possession, same thing. Last night, guys, and if everyone's listening, that's in my group. We had Cincinnati last night in college, minus four and a half, four in some places, and they're up by three late in that game. They get the ball inside the two, three yard line. They run on first down. The, I mean, the running backs open. He, he's he, no one even's getting him. He gets to the goal line, and then the the, the quarterback kind of slows him down, like get down. So I'm like, okay, we got we got a few plays to go. What do they do? And the other team has one timeout. They run the next one just right up the middle, just kind of fall forward, and I'm, they burn the timeout. I'm thinking, okay, and this is college Cincinnati, which needs style points. I'm like, get it in this on third. They actually try. And the guy goes, and he kind of hold, holds it over, and then they stop him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, fourth down. Here we go. Fourth down, they get in a shotgun. They hike it. He fumbles the snap. The uh, the defense almost picks it up and goes. You know what I mean? So then you ask yourself all those analytics and yeah. everything you did to almost have a boneheaded play for Cincinnati in the biggest moment you could say in the school's history. Get too cute. Getting Too Cute. Hopefully we don't get too cute for you because we've got action-packed show. We've got a lot of bets to get to. We've got a lot of funnies to get to and a lot of fantasy. you listen listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. To,
0: to call into the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us. Also on Twitch, shout out to everyone hanging out on Twitch. We got Dr. Dre the Aggie Milkman, Crystal, everyone, Boots, 713 come on, hang out over there if you want to talk some fantasy. We've built a nice little fantasy community. They, uh, it's not only about our opinions. It's cool because they all communicate amongst themselves. It's, uh, I like to see it grow, man. It's grown so much since we started. Again, head out to Twitch or hit us up on the text line 713 At one point or another, we'll get to the Stardom Cinema questions because I know you want to know what Josh's opinion is on a lot of that. It's getting to the nitty-gritty.
2: Man, it's getting to that time of year where every win makes a huge difference. You know, if you go up over 500 or below, like, th- this is where you got to get your wins in. So, we'll try and get you in the best spot to put up some points.
1: How much emphasis do you guys put on revenge games? Like, it's easy to say whenever one player came from one, but, oh, for example, when Le'Veon Bell left, they said,
2: it's a revenge
1: game against the Jets, but I'm not sure if we'll remember Le'Veon Bell for the Jets, right? So, then yeah. same thing with Cooks. Like is this really a revenge game, or is it Cook's got so much revenge because he's been on so many teams you know he he has beef with everyone he's the guy off of uh what is it the uh, the the Adam Sandler movie one on the calendar where he's xing everyone out that's who he's yeah. got he, he just he's got he's got a bunch of those guys because he's got beef with everyone
2: he's played on so many teams, but I think more of revenge games with running backs like where they give him an opportunity at the goal line to just punch it in and get an easy touchdown. You know, obviously, the receiver stuff happens, too. You saw it a lot back, you know, when T.O. was playing. You just knew in certain situations he was getting the ball no matter what. But, uh, yeah, with receivers, it's, you know, they throw to the open guy. You know, they're trying to win a football game. But Naeem Hines had a huge game last week, and we found out it was his birthday. So now are we going to have to start tracking whose birthday it is to to guess if they're going to have a big game?
1: I've never even thought about that. Yeah. You know, I've never even had to handicap that far. <laughs> Shout out to the Naeem Hines owners, for if you still have them, right? Because for a while there, you might have lost hope. But now the only hope lost is in Taylor and the Colts, because you're seeing that they lost hope very quick.
2: They did. And the Packers are... They're a great matchup. They're not good at defending the run. That, that's like a top-five matchup for Naeem Hines this week. But once again, maybe it's a Jonathan Taylor game. You just don't know. But, okay, so going forward right now, what do you do with – I mean, do you, you
1: uh, Hines is auto-star, right, in season long? I, or, I mean, or is he not?
2: To me, he's a flex. You know, you, you feel okay about him. But he could get you three points. We saw it earlier in the season when everybody went and picked him up off the waiver wire and then the next – the next game, he didn't do anything.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. You usually know how these things go. He'll come off a season high because right, last week, season high, and playing time touches total yards. And then the only thing that sticks out to me, this is, I guess, what I, what I was putting into thought. It was a crucial division game. And then if they went with him in a crucial divisional game, I think that they, they trust him. It's a sense of trust. Yeah. Right? And then with Taylor, it's kind of like, I think he had 24% of the snaps. He wasn't even out there much, and it's to Hines, you don't really look at him as an in-between-the-tackle runner, but that's what he's having to be. It it relies a lot on the line, but we spoke about it last week. Are the Colts considered just a strong line, offensive blocking line, or is it more that they're a great pass protection
2: line? Right. Are they really good at blocking up the run, or are they just good at keeping rivers clean? And Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, I think with Hines, though, he's good at catching the ball. They like, they like that he can run inside. And we talked about the upside of Hines, right, early in the season because we talked about Austin Eckler with Phillip Rivers over the past couple of years and how much Rivers loves to check down to his running back. So we knew the ceiling could be really high for Hines, but you just can't, from week to week, be sure you're going to get enough touches from him.
1: How about as far as the receivers? Because everything on that receiving group from the Colts has been, I mean, from the moment that Hilton took a step back, and then you have Pascal. I mean, who do you even trust on there? I don't trust anyone. Michael Pittman's supposed to be that guy.
2: Yeah, you've at least seen flashes out of him recently. But I just, I don't really want a, any part of the Colts passing game. That, that's just me, if I, if I can avoid it. No, you're right. Season
1: high in targets, and then he had the receiving line seven for 101. But that's it. Other than that, it's, it's hit and miss. You can have a a two-reception game, and if you don't have a better option than a two-guy that's going to make his, – his ceiling is eight catches for a 100 yards. Yeah. His his line is bad.
2: It is. And you got to think, too, with uh, Jair Alexander is going to be back this week for the Packers, their best corner. So that's big for them. I think they might be getting King back as Both well. Both of them. Yeah. Quad. So it looks like they're going to be better on defense, the Packers. Also, Lazard is supposed to be back this week. So I have a, a league where I have I picked up MVS just in case at the last minute Lazard didn't go and it's a 3 o'clock game. I didn't want to be caught without somebody to start. But I, you're hearing he might be on, you know, like a pitch count. Would you be comfortable starting Lazard this week not knowing how much he's going to play?
1: I'm scared, too. I'm I'm scared of that entire offense, but don't get me wrong. He's, he's, I guess, match-up proof, you could say, Rogers is, but only took this out one of the 10 quarterbacks to face – the Colts' defense has has finished as a QB1. One. Mm-hmm. one. That's it. That Matt Eberfluss defense is, is. I mean, I keep saying that they're pretenders because, like, for example, when they went up against the Ravens, yeah. you knew that, okay, now they're going up against a good team. They're going to get hit in the mouth, and that's what ended up happening. But on paper, on stats, that defense is something. They're holding quarterbacks to 78.9 percentage, 11 passing touchdowns only on their entire season, 11
2: that's good. And, you know, Devontae Adams is banged up. We don't know for sure if he's going to play. That could be huge, too. And MVS, so then you all is
1: – it, is it his type of game? But then you also look at who the Colts are. They allow the least passes of 20 yards downfield. That's what MVS is. He's a big bomb guy. You called him right the other day, and yeah. he went off because it was a game that he can get behind the defense. I don't know. All this talk, it's starting to lead me to an under – isn't it doesn't it make a
2: little bit of sense? Yeah, it's at uh, 51 and a half is where it's at right now.
1: So then if, if we're saying that only one of, of, of 10 quarterbacks has has finished as a as a QB one of top 12 quarterbacks in that in that week. So let's say that it's a mediocre game to, uh, an average to good game from Rodgers, uh, two touchdowns, maybe three. So you're saying 14 points to 21 points from touchdowns, maybe a field goal or two, say you go 14 and then two field goals, 20, 23, or you go three touchdowns and two field goals. Now you're in that 27 range. You need 24 from the coach to get to 51, you know? Yeah. So it's, I mean, if you start breaking it down like that, it's it gets a little bit of tough.
2: No, that that's a really good point. Eleven
1: pass touchdowns on the season. So if you're telling me that, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's Rodgers, but he goes out there and dices him for three. That's twenty-one on the board. Let's say they get two field goals, there you uh, goes what twenty-seven. So then twenty-four from the other side would, would would that's what the coach would need. It's I mean it's it's tricky.
2: It is tricky, and I'm, I'm pulling up here Devontae Adams. It says cleared to play after ankle injury, and this was just it looks like yesterday on ESPN. So. Once again, it's a late game, so just in case he doesn't feel right warming up, it'd be nice if you have some other options on your team.
1: I like the under. I'm going to go yeah, ahead and like that the for the money liners, and I'm going to make it's going to be right close to there. I'm going to call it Packers, about 27 to 23, somewhere around there.
2: Okay, so you like the Packers in this one?
1: Yeah, I, as far as prediction, I'll give it. I'm, I'll rather bet the under, so I'm not saying go bet the Packers, but but I think that it ends up like that. Call it 27, 23, either way.
2: Yeah, I, I actually – I took the Packers in this one plus the points. So, so you wanted me to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the Packers, Josh. A little bit of a selfish reason there. No, that's good. All right, well, let's quickly uh, – we got a little bit of time to do one more game here. Let's talk about this Philly-Cleveland game. The uh, Browns are at home, favored by two and a half. Boy, I don't, I don't know what to do with the Eagles anymore. Like Carson Wentz, I think I'm just done with him. I mean, I just – they might be getting some help back with Ertz at tight end this week. Maybe that helps get them going, but it's been ugly.
1: He he fell down my list of redheads, right? <laughs> like he used to be at the top. Like he used to be the top. And Even now, over Andy Dalton. Now it's a sympathy on Andy Dalton, right? Like yeah. after that hit, and I saw him. But then you saw Dalton on that on that on that game against Arizona, and he was out there smiling whenever they were dropping pick sixes. You saw him. He he was chuckling, at whatever that means. I don't even use that term, but he chuckled whenever he almost threw a pick-six. And then when he got hit, I just felt bad
2: to him. I I need to pick another redhead. Scalabrini? (laughs) We'll find something for you. What about – he's not a redhead, but uh, what do you do with Baker Mayfield here? How much do you trust him, even at home? Let me
1: me, me think about what I was about to say before I lose my job Mm -hmm. talking about Baker Mayfield. It just – they pick on the he's a bully. That's what they are. They're bullies. They they pick on bad teams, and then whenever he, you have to put them out there to to produce against a good team, that's not what you want to do. You see, them, they they're treating them as a game manager, and when you have two good running backs, as they do, it's trouble, man. What do you do with those running backs? Can they keep having those kind of two running backs in the backfield because it, it works for them? But you know, someone out there is is, is needs it. How many people passed up on Hunt? It's an the NFL. They don't care about anything other than winning and they took their chance what was it like a one million dollar remember at first it was yeah. it was really low
2: yeah it was really low they were the only team I think that was interested and it paid off because look what happened Chubb got hurt and they didn't really miss a beat and now Chubb's back they have both of them they're in a good spot definitely to run the ball I as far as fantasy I'd start both of those guys today with hunt and, and Chubb obviously and miles Sanders looked great last week so you know feel good about him
1: Anyone else out here from as far as pass catchers, is it a Jarvis-Landry
2: game? I'm starting to worry about him. You know, and the weather has been bad recently, which is not helping Cleveland. And I think that it might be raining again for this game that's in Cleveland. So I'd feel better if we got some games where it's not a bunch of wind and rain. That's been a problem.
1: You know, the problem with the wind and everything for the last few games which is, I tell you guys, live betting is such a great aspect because those Cleveland games, I'm driving, and I shouldn't be driving and, and betting. You know, they say driving and texting. Driving and gambling is even worse, right, because you're trying to refresh the line. But I just can't help myself whenever I see these games kick off and, it, and it's 0 in that Cleveland-Houston game and then Cleveland the week before that. It, I'm hitting on my bookie, the live, under, under under everyone will tell you my groups we hit that under about four or five times that one game just just sitting there hitting it was first half under 19 and a half and I'm thinking where three touchdowns gonna come from and then it was a possession gets to the 30 yard line and then it was punt and then they 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 got them inside the 10 I'm thinking that's gonna take another five minutes off the clock and that's exactly what happened and you could do that at my bookie you could do and
2: that's why you want to do it at my book you could do it on your phone maybe don't do it while you're driving but you know what when you put your car in park you can pull out your phone and get on my bookie and The cool thing about my bookie is you don't gamble on the gambling. When you win, they actually pay it out. It's pretty simple, guys. That's why their slogan is, you bet you win, they pay, because that's what they do. And it's not just the NFL. You could do, you know, Player props on there as well, not just game matchups. Man, NBA's coming back. you got college football, UFC. Anything you want, you can bet on it at mybookie.ag, and you're going to want to go over there, and you're going to want to use promo code RADIO when you open up your account, and they're going to match your deposit. You put in $100, bucks, they will match you $100. Then you got a big bankroll to go place on some games today. Make it a little more fun. Make the games a little more interesting. Mybookie, that's mybookie.ag. You're going to use promo code RADIO. You bet, you win, they pay. It's by
1: Bookie.
2: Hey, this is Trey Wingo. You're listening to ESPN 97.5 Houston. Hello.
0: is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Go ahead and tweet us, text us, hit us up on Twitch. Shout out to everyone hanging out on a Sunday morning. It's Josh Jordan, Aaron Rabold, and Jerry Bowe. And our man, Dr. Intern out there, waking up on a Sunday to come help out the show. I appreciate him. Yep. We appreciate you so much. So shout out to Dr. Intern. We might have to get him to put his name on something on the last segment. So if you're listening out there, my man, get ready to put your name on something. You're part of the show as well. And everyone on Twitch, again, it's, it takes uh, it takes effort to get up on a Sunday morning. I'll say it every single Sunday, to get up on a Sunday morning and, and listen to the radio. You know, But for whatever reason, you guys tune in, and we appreciate it greatly.
2: We do, and I did want to run through real quick before we get into the games. I like to look at like point totals and just see who's at top at certain positions. And looking at receiver and of course, some of these guys have played already. you know, some people have had bye weeks, some people have already played this week with the Thursday night guys. But so your top receiver in fantasy right now in a PPR, at least in my league, is Tyler Lockett, and then it's Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams, D.K. Metcalf and Hopkins. Two of those guys were traded this offseason. I mean, and the Seahawks have two of the top five guys on the same team. What do you make of this? I mean, man, you got to steal if you got Tyler Lockett in the middle rounds this year. I mean, and Metcalf, too. So where does Metcalf go next year? Oh, Dude, he's got to go second round, don't you think?
1: Where do we rank Metcalf outside of fantasy? We're talking about just as receivers. Where do you rank them? Because we stood the talk was a limited route tree mm-hmm. but i'm
2: not saying that he's perfected it by any means
1: but he seems like he runs pretty much every route pretty well
2: yeah and you know him and russell wilson did a lot of work you know away from the team during this off season so they've gotten very familiar with each other the timing is obviously showing i don't, I don't know if you saw he dropped a touchdown that hit him in the face the other night right after <laughs> yeah. he had
1: made a play i just had tweeted He's torching Peterson. Yeah. You know, he's making him look old. And then he does that to me on the next one. It was, man, something never sat right. Again, I tell people you need to get a game and dissect it, especially when you see an over under of 57.5. You start asking yourself, how do I get there? I always tell people, start predicting scores in your head. And, you, and then from there, say, well, it's easy to say, well, yeah, it's going to go 33 to 27. That's what I had it. But then I, I said, oh, how is there past the 33 points in Seattle? So then I started going to the, the past few matchups. I, I I don't want to go back too far. I want to be in that that, that Kingsbury era, mm-hmm. the, the Murray against Wilson. So I, I digress to that. So then once I got to there, I noticed one thing that was kind of odd, that Russell Wilson usually struggles against that team for whatever reason. I'm not saying that the team has been a world beater on defense, the Cardinals, but whatever reason, there's something there. So then I looked at the actual box scores. Most of the time, you saw in the last four matchups, you saw three of them, the Seattle Seahawks surpassed the 30-point range. But in the one they didn't, it was, it was 27 points. So then I looked at that box score, and I saw that in the second half coming out of the, in the third quarter, they didn't score as much. But in the first quarter, they scored on the first drive. So then I said, let me open it up two more games back. So I went six back. And then in those two, they didn't go over either, that, but it was Russell Wilson So then I looked on that, and he scored a touchdown in every single first quarter of every matchup in the last six games. So then I look, I go over to my bookie, and I see six-and-a-half team total. And I say, that's got to be the bet. What happened? Russell Wilson went out there, scored a touchdown. Then the game still went under.
2: It did. It looked real easy, that first design drive, and everything went real nice. And then after that, it took him a while to get it going again. And
1: just going forward, man, what do we do with Russell Wilson now that the let Russ Cook, uh, where do you draft him? Right under Mahomes now? Or how far?
2: For me, I don't like taking quarterbacks too early. I, I like to get the, the value in the, in the middle round. This year, for me, I think I got Kyler Murray in two of my leagues in like the seventh round.
1: You're a thief with these yeah. quarterbacks. Last year, you got Lamar like in yeah. double digit rounds. You're a thief with the quarterback.
2: That's that's the guys I, I can kind of target that tier where it was Dak, Deshaun Watson, and, and Kyler Murray. I just sit there as a drafter and I go, I'm cool with any of these guys. So once I see that that last guy's about to be gone, that's when I'll jump in and take them. So I like to create a whole tier where I'm happy with any one of these guys being my quarterback, and then I take the last guy that's left on the board.
1: Well, let's talk about you talked about you mentioned Dak or players like that. What tier do we have? Another redhead favorite, Andy Dalton today.
2: I mean, I don't expect a lot out of Andy Dalton. The question is, is Zeke Elliott kind of lost it? Is, you know what I mean? He he hasn't been great, and I know the offensive line has, has had some issues, but he doesn't quite look like the old Zeke. You're not going to get a lot of help with Dalton at quarterback. I do think that C.D. Lamb can get going in the slot this week. I, I like him as a flex play. Now,
1: so, Zeke Elliott came out this week on Wednesday on the fan and said that he has a – tightness in his hamstrings and that's been bugging him all year i think the only tightness he has is in his forearms from eating too much right (laughs) this man is he looks out of shape if you see him out there you used to be able to get zeke out there as a bell cow sometimes run two times first and second and then on the on the next you know move the chains run it two times again and he would stay on the field the entire drive he would not leave not even on third downs that's what they worked on him getting him involved in the past game the last few years and trying to keep him on the field. Man, you see him ask. You watch the Cowboys games and you see him signal over, all right, like switch. And it, and you're thinking, man, this is a – it's a second – it's a crucial second down. Or a third and short. And he's looking around like, man, I need a, I need air.
2: Yeah. No, I mean – and Pollard looks good when he comes in. Pollard will break off a 20-yard run.
1: He sees the hole yeah. well. He doesn't – Elliott is a patient runner. And then he, when he gets that burst, once he gets there, Pollard just sees the hole and gets there and goes. He's going to – he 's not going to get you that really long run, but he's going to get you consistency.
2: he is I just wonder was Zeke out of pride because he's going up against Dalvin Cook this week? You know Do we see you know the best out of Zeke just because he doesn't want to get shown up by one of the up and coming best running backs in the league
1: uh, It makes a lot of sense you I, know uh, it, it's if you have any kind of pride and you see what's going on, then you got to say hey this is this is where you lace up the the cleats a little bit tighter, you know, and you say, man, I I am who I am. I, I know who he is, but I'm elite. I'm, I just right now, if you had to redo things, would you take Zeke or or Cook? And this is with contracts included.
2: You know, if I'm the team. Yeah, I think I'd go Dalvin Cook. I know he's been a little injury prone, but Zeke looks like he's lost a step And players that don't take the best care of themselves. They fall out of the prime of their career faster. So, you know. Even in fantasy this year, I was looking, you know, that was a question at the top of the draft, right? Zeke or Dalvin Cook? How many people that took Zeke are wishing they took Dalvin Cook right now?
1: Another person, we talk about prime of their career. I'm not sure this is the prime, but he might be feeling like it. Kirk Cousins coming off his first Monday night win ever. And you saw it whenever they converted that first down at the end of the game to, to move the chains and keep the clock rolling. He was out there celebrating. It was like a minute 40-something. He was out there, yeah. Yeah, he's looking at him like he knows he had that on his back. You like that? Yeah, you know yeah. he was thinking that. Now all of a sudden he comes into this matchup in a matchup that we know he's going to have a clean pocket. That's one thing that we know he's going to have in, in clean pockets. 14 of his 17 touchdowns in clean pockets. Clean jersey, is it going to be a, a box score to a chase as far as fantasy and in DFS?
2: I think so. I mean, if you have Justin Jefferson and you were lucky enough to draft him or pick him up off the waiver wire he's been fantastic for you, you know, and Adam Thielen's a really good player too. And I mean, the, the Cowboys, let's face it, they're they're actually still in it, you know, which is crazy because that division is so bad. But I think the Vikings are kind of getting going. And what we saw when they played the Texans earlier this year, the Vikings can be a good team. I think it's just kind of taken a while for them to figure it out. But Justin Jefferson, it doesn't look like they missed a beat after losing Diggs.
1: It took them a while to figure him out because it was a week three that they promoted him. Yeah. And ever since that promotion, He's paid off. Check it out. Ever since they promoted him, 14.4 yards per target. He's getting down the field 14.4 yards. Think about that. That's a lot of air yards, and he has 400-yard-plus games.
2: I like him. He looks like a good prospect to me. I, I think he's the real deal. We have seen so many good rookie receivers this year. I mean, it's been CD Lamb. I mean, he's been fantastic. So, this was the year to get a great receiver in the draft. So, good thing the Texans traded for Brandon Cooks and didn't draft a receiver.
1: And then you got <laughs> Robbie Anderson out there killing it. Yes. These guys that you could have. Okay, so what about this, though? Because quietly, Adam Thielen is third in air yards in the whole league, number one in red zone targets. Number one in red zone targets. You can say a lot of stats don't mean certain things or they don't hold their weight. But whenever you say he's number one in the league in red zone targets, that means that there's trust, right? That's who the quarterback trusts when he gets down there. When it's time to to pay off a good drive, that's what you got in him.
2: No doubt about it. And, I mean, he's a top ten fantasy receiver this year. I have the rankings right here. I mean, he's got 150 fantasy points. He's been great. And the matchup against Dallas is really good.
1: All right. Well, we got a few more segments here, and then we're going to get into Money on My Mind. We're going to get into Let's Get Flexy. We're going to do a little bit of gambling. We're going to do a little bit of winning, hopefully, here on Line ESPN 97.5. Face me. You can face me.
3: Now my past has-
0: ESPN 97.5.
3: We'll be right back after
0: this break. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. If you're not on there, come hang out. We've got a group communicating fantasy with a little bit of gambling and a little bit of, hey, someone in the group is having a surgery and all our th- Prayers and thoughts are towards you. And also, a happy Thanksgiving to some of you checking out. They're saying, hey, we got a – Crystal says, I got a 12-pack of Bud Light Platinum and a bottle of Hennessy calling my name. See y'all See y'all next go-around. Peace out. Happy Thanksgiving. So, yeah, by the t- time we uh, talk next week, I might be about 7 or 8 pounds heavier. Hopefully, my pockets will have about 3 of those pounds from the money we make today. So, let's keep jumping into these games. We got a lot of questions going on about Taysom Hill and what is he going to be this week. So, let's get into that matchup. Falcon Saints –
2: yeah, let's get into that, and what do you think with Taysom Hill? I mean, if he plays well, he's going to play the whole game, but if he comes out and it's it's ugly early, we could see them go to Jameis pretty quick.
1: How ugly does it have to be to for them to take him out? Like, how ugly, what's the leash, and I hate to even use their term, how much string do we give him? How much pull does he have before you say, man, we got to get him out? Does it dictate the score, or what if it's just like a— uh, within a one-score game, either which way, winning or losing, but and then the team's not looking good, and it's just, man, let's get them out of here. Because I think what the, the thought process for, for Coach Payton making Hill the starter was that it minimizes the errors that could happen. With Drew, Drew Brees, the offense of the Saints is one that is like dink and dunk. It's not very many high-leverage plays that can be picked off. It, you really don't see that. That's not who they are. So with Hill, it seems like they could plug him in and use that. With Winston, it seems like he's a more of a guy that's going to put you at risk getting it downfield. And I think that that's what they're trying to limit.
2: They are. In, but they're also looking at what they have for next year. You know, they don't expect that Drew Brees is going to come back. And remember, Hill signed an extension through the 2021 season. And it's a 20 mil, $21 million, with $16 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money. They want to see that. Can he be our quarterback next year? They they want to find that out, but they also they want to try and win the game too. So I think we'll see that be the balance. If he's not playing well, maybe they turn to Jameis. We talk about in fantasy the the phrase you can't
1: win your league in the first round, but you can lose it. Yep. What do Michael Thomas owners have to think about right now? Although he's missed time first, and then okay, you say well injury, but then some of them were for him acting a fool. Yeah. Okay. it's two. And then now you see that he hasn't exceeded even in the games that
2: he's been in, 51 yards. Eight catches. Eight on the year. Eight. For a first-round pick. And everybody thought he was the safe pick in the back end of the first round.
1: I mean, what do you do? It leaves a bad taste in your mouth for next year because you say, man, who's the first receiver taken? Is it going to be Hopkins now? Is it Adams? Because those guys are still producing.
2: Probably. And the Seahawk guys are going to be up there, too.
1: How long does Thomas keep the Saints helmet on and I'm not saying that in, I mean I know that he's got time and it, it, but I, there's been a lot of talk around there that he's not that great of a locker room guy and that he he's had some problems and he's he's kind of headstrong if for lack of a better term we've seen what he is on Twitter on on social media I love him don't get me wrong I'll take him right now yeah, he's
0: great I love
1: him but how long does he do they keep putting up with this because if he's not producing and he's still talking this big game I don't get me wrong i, I I know that he'll come back, and but Drew, Drew Brees is producing somewhat.
2: Yeah, and if Brees not there next year, we got to see if he'll can play. You know, and is Jameis going to be back? They have a lot of a lot of questions, but I think Michael Thomas will be fine. He's a great player, but you're right. But a lot of receivers are, are a pain in the ass. That's nothing new.
1: We've heard about Coach Payton being tied to other teams, maybe, sometimes the Cowboys, and that's a lot of wishful thinking for the Cowboys fan also. There. Yeah, Payton. How long after Breeze does Peyton stick around, do you think? Or is he ready to rebuild again?
2: I bet it depends on Taysom Hill and how he develops. You know, Sean will want to stick around as long as he's got a good offense.
1: And he rides with him. Yeah. I mean, this is his guy.
2: It is. So he's going to want to give this guy every opportunity to be the next quarterback. There's a reason they protected him this whole time and wouldn't let him get away. I, what do you do? What is it?
1: Jameis Winston feel right now. He, he had to have come into the season thinking, and obviously – Taysom Hill was always lingering as a, as a threat, but he had to think, man, the Breeze is old. He was hurt last season. He digressed. He, he didn't have a really great season last season. I got opportunity, and that's a great offense. I need to take that. And all of a sudden, the opportunity came, and then he's t- sitting back seeing a, a guy that was listed as a tight end in some places.
2: I know, but, I mean, this is the NFL now. You know, you, you want to have a quarterback that can run around a little bit. It's a huge benefit
1: a benefit for Matt Ryan every time that he has Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley QB7 QB6 QB2 QB16 the year this year Saints fourth most plus, uh, touchdown passes 20 20
2: In Lattimore, their best corner is out i saw the inactive list so that's a big that's a big loss there for the Saints
1: Todd Gurley 18 plus touches in five straight games nine touchdowns this season a guy that we didn't know we didn't know what he was going to be do we know, do we trust him going forward that this is where they're going to keep going?
2: He is a touchdown or bust, you know, running back number two for your fantasy team. You know, he gets a lot of carries, but he doesn't get a lot of yards. We were talking during the break. You know, he'll get you like 60 rushing yards, but he usually scores every week, and that touchdown saves you. But if he doesn't score, you know, you're maybe looking at six to eight points.
1: Mo- no, Lattimore? That means more money for Julio Jones. Check this out. In the last six stat lines versus New Orleans, and some of those with Lattimore, three for 79, 11, 147, five for 106, seven for 149, five for 98, seven for 96. And there's touchdowns all in there. Um, I think it's pretty safe to go around that 95 to about a 105-yard mark. If you can get prop bets around that, I would bet them on my bookie.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I would too. It, you got to love the Falcons passing game here. And, you know, we talked about Michael Thomas a little bit. You still got to start him. You know, it's not like the Falcons are that good on defense in the secondary. So you could see, you know, Michael Thomas could get going this week. And you spin a first-round pick on him. You know, if you have three better receivers than him, then then you have a really good fantasy team. But I think you just got to suck it up and play him.
1: Anything else from this game from either side? Because, to me, I just see a lot of – Dinkin' Duncan, Alva Kamara, go ahead and fire up his his reception props. But I get scared because they know that's – I got I get scared that it's going to be like a nine yeah. for, for a running <laughs> right. back. If you're setting nine reception bets for a running back, then you
2: better be sure. No no doubt about it. I'm not, I'm not firing on the over on nine. That's a little scary. But what do you think about this one with the Saints being favored by three and a half? They're at home. Do you have a lean on the game and the spread?
1: They've only won one out of the last three matchups, the Falcons. Another one was lost in overtime. I just think that three and a half is right, though. Like, I think the hook plays today. I think it's a three-point game. I do think that Matt Ryan will be able to move. Who are the Falcons? Because it's easy to, to think that they're an extremely bad team, which they have been in moments. But ever since the switch, they've won pre- all their games other than the girly moment. Yeah. They've they've won their game. So then, okay, let's say that's who they are now. Who were they then? A team that blew a big, big lead against the Cowboys and blew another lead before that. So then what if they don't blow one of those leads? Let's say they just blow one of them and then the other one they won. They're not that bad of a team. And when you start painting offenses, you start saying which are the top offenses in the league, however you want to say it, if you want to say Ridley and Julio Jones with a good tight end and Matt Ryan back there and Gurley getting that many touches, that's one of the top 12 at least. Uh, I guess, explosive offenses, if you want to call it that.
2: No, I'm with you. This is not one that I have bet this week, but I'm kind of leaning towards taking the points. Falcons,
1: maybe a little sprinkle money line in this because we don't know. There's so much questions around Hill. We don't know. What you're saying with this, if you're betting the Saints, you're saying that I'm betting on Coach Payton. I'm betting on Sean Payton to be able to scheme their way out of this. I'm betting on him because if you're doing anything else, you have the proof, the truth in front of you. It's there, and it's that Atlanta knows how to score on that defense. They've played each other many of times. They're in the division. They can score. They're going to score in that middle 24-27 range in a good – can the Saints score 27, 30 points with this offense? That's what it's going to come down to. You're betting on Peyton. You're not even betting on the Saints.
2: I'm with you. I think Atlanta's going to put up points here. I like both of these receivers. The Lattimore injury is a big deal for me. Uh, well, let's do one quick game before we get to break here. This one, we got a couple really bad run defenses in the Lions and the Carolina Panthers. What do you think? It's a three-point spread here. Another close game. Detroit's favored by 3 uh,
1: So many injuries for the Lions as well. Also, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater, but no Swift, no Kenny G. Offensive line's missing. Just Amendola's out. There's a lot of missing parts for the Lions. Matt Stafford, a messed up thumb, okay? There's so many question marks. The Lions moved from three. Now it's at pick'em in most places. I don't know what to think.
2: Yeah, this is one I, I just kind of want to stay away from. I think Mike Davis gets going here because the, the matchup's good, but yeah. we've been saying that every week, and then he disappoints us.
1: And, and I think this is a week for him as well. I just at one point or another, especially if Bridgewater is where how he is right now. I, what's the latest word for him? Because I know that they had talked about PJ, but then Bridgewater. I looked on the the thing, and they said questionable still.
2: Yeah, I mean, they said he was going to you know try it out and see how he felt today. So here's the inactive list. Uh, let's see. Teddy is inactive, so he's not playing.
1: So it's PJ? Yeah. What does that do for the pass catchers on the Panther side of the ball?
2: God, Robbie Anderson's the only one I'm really interested in starting. We talk about those running back by committees. I feel like we have a wide receiver by committee with the Carolina Panthers. You don't know which week to start DJ Moore. It's really frustrating. So I'd roll with Robbie Anderson and everybody else. I'd try and look for better options.
1: It's one of those offenses like the Steelers that you don't really know exactly who you're going to go to, but you know that the weapons are there. Yeah. Any over-under talk on this one? I'm staying away completely.
2: Yeah, I just don't have it. Like you said, too many injuries. This is one I, that I'm going to stay away from.
1: Lions, short turnaround
2: Thanksgiving. Yeah, and then they're playing the Texans on Thanksgiving, so maybe the Texans can get a win. That'd be nice. They could beat a team besides the Jaguars. That that would be new.
1: Let me take you back to a Thanksgiving that and Sue. Kicked Matt Schaub in the peanuts. You remember that day?
2: I do. Very well.
1: (laughs) Let me take you back to, oh, it's money on my mind. It's Josh getting flexy. Next, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. This is Heinz's trophy winner.